Lori here, and welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Grab a cup of tea and let's spend some time together. My co-host Rhonda and I are ordained ministers working together at Life Center Church. We are leaders, wives, moms, and longtime friends. In this podcast, we hope to share some meaningful moments from our lives, everything from lessons we've learned the hard way or how to rise up in the midst of obstacles and insecurities. We will encourage you to take risks and remind you that you are deeply loved and completely worthy. Let's awaken life's most amazing moments together. Hi, Rhonda. Hi, Laura. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Anything going on in your life? Oh, what's not going on in our lives? <laughs> we have crazy oh, work schedules, I crazy know. families, teenagers, yeah, yeah. everything, sports, you name it. But I've got something exciting coming up this week. My It's take your kid to work day. Oh, grade my. nine, every year in grade nine, the traditional take your kid to work day. So one of my youngest is coming to work with me <gasps> and oh. she's bringing a friend too because her friend doesn't want to go with her mom. So she's coming. So I've okay, got, and it's cool to come to ch- come here to, to church. Yeah, to work. yeah, totally. So that'll be really fun. That'll oh, be really fun. So fun. Yeah. I can't wait to see them today around. Yeah, totally. What oh, about you? It's good. Oh, what's new? I'm just trying to think what else is new. Well, I know it's kind of early, but I'm decorating my house for Christmas. Are you? I am. That's amazing. I'm probably going to do it this week too. I know. <laughs> It's the best. I love it. Me too. So and good. it actually, I end up cleaning up too. It's kind of nice. I'm purging as I'm like decorating. Exactly. I'm like, well, I'm getting rid of that. Yeah, no, it's great. Nice. So that's that's pretty exciting. That's great. Well, I thought we could do a nice light topic uh, today. Oh, no. I feel like <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. You ready? What if we talked about lying? Oh, brother. <laughs> I mean, okay. I know. Just hit me hard. Let's do it. Just a nice light one, eh? Lying. Oh, yeah. Lying. Oh, my goodness. Lying is such, like, it's an interesting thing because, you know, I I guess for everybody, lying is a little bit different. Our relationship with lying is a little bit different. Um you know, let's maybe start with a story or, or two about, you know, maybe a time that you lied or got caught in a lie or, you know, have you ever struggled with lying? Okay. I'm laughing because inside I'm laughing. I'm looking at your face because you know, <laughs> like growing up together, <laughs> uh, being an Enneagram three, I mean, we'll talk, I'm sure about that at some point, how much the Enneagram has affected our lives, but being an Enneagram three now, it's not funny to look back but it kind of makes sense of why I would have lied in this way. When you and I were growing up, I used to tell you the most outrageous stories about myself. (laughs) Like outrageous of all the things I was doing, what was happening, and they were all lies. And it really was to inflate my image that I was just so awesome. I can't even say that. I can't (laughs) even believe how ridiculous. And I can't even imagine how ridiculous the stories would sound to us now. As adults, we'd be like, oh, whatever. That's such a lie. But as kids, we believed it. You believed it. I believed every word. Was I? Every word. In fact, I would repeat the stories to other people (laughs) and tell them like, oh my gosh, my friend, like this is what happened to her. And I would repeat the story because I believed every word. (laughs) So I guess to kids, I was a pretty good, I was pretty good at lying. You were an incredible storyteller, to be honest. Like you were such a good storyteller. I mean, if you would have said, let me tell you a story, you could have made it up as a story, but you you put yourself in the story every time. I did. So it really was to inflate my importance, all these things that were happening to me about my image, for people to admire me. And they were all stories. So as a kid, I had a very, like a very interesting relationship with lying. I actually lied a lot. 
and I lied to my parents a lot about little things. Like if it right. was a big thing, it's almost like I got caught. Like I couldn't lie about things that were super right. like my conscience. I was convicted of, but I wasn't convicted on the little things. Right. And I would just lie. Like about meaningless things. Meaningless. Like things that happened in the day. I would tell them stories and it was not true, but I would tell them. And I, <laughs> I had this relationship with lying throughout my young years and it kind of went into my teenagers, but about little things about my image. And when you strip it back, it was way deeper. Right. Emotionally, what was happening, what I was trying to cover up of my own insecurities. But how about you? How about for you for lying? I wasn't really a very good liar. So, you know, I definitely, I had this, I guess, fear of getting in trouble. So that would probably be the only thing that would motivate me to lie. If, if I knew that lying might keep me out of trouble, then I might try to lie. But I was a terrible, terrible liar. Like all of the symptoms of lying, like whatever they are, you know, no eye contact and like you get sweaty and you look away and all of it. Like my face probably showed every single time when I was lying. I can remember this one time I'd come home from going to a movie with a bunch of friends and um, my dad was sitting on the couch waiting for me when I got home and I was like, oh, hi, dad like feeling really awkward about it because we hadn't seen the movie we told I told him we were going to see because at that like my parents were super strict and I knew he would never let me go see this movie that we went to go see and so we got home and my dad's like so how was the movie and I was like oh it's good like <laughs> I was just trying to get out of there as fast as I possibly could he's like what movie did you see and so I said the movie that I told him that we were gonna see and he's like really he's like Hmm. It's like, are you sure that's the movie you saw? And oh no, you literally like, and I was like, there's no way. Like, how can he, how, how does he know? How does he know? Oh my gosh. And I'm just freaking out in my head. And of course it's broke down crying. No, I'm sorry. Everybody wanted to see this other movie. I knew you wouldn't let me blah, blah, blah. Crying my eyes out, you know? So like, I just, th those kinds of things happened, you know, where I tried to get myself out of trouble, but really like was, you know, just under the surface. It didn't take very much for me to crack. So it's funny now as a parent, because as a, as a kid, you think, oh, they can't tell. But now being a parent and having seen caught my kids in lies, just a body contact as a parent and you see it, you see them falling apart. And in their mind, they're like, how do my parents know? How can they even tell I'm lying? Well, when you're an adult looking at a kid fall apart, you're like, oh, they're not telling the truth. It's kind of funny. It is funny. What we must have looked like. Yeah, it is funny. It anyway. is funny. I know. I have one of my kids who, like most of my kids are fairly honest. Like I think they probably do the same thing. If if they can avoid trouble, they might, you know, say something that's not true. But I have one child that if I ask them, it takes three times. I just have to ask if I think if I might think they're lying, if I ask them three times on the third time, they'll always <laughs> tell the truth. And it's always like, it's a, it's become like a funny thing. Like, it's like they can't, you know, they can only hold it up. And then For by so the third long. time, they're like, yeah, no, this is what I did. And they just come straight clean about it. And it just makes me laugh. Enough. But yeah, lying, lying can, you know, lying is obviously a part of, us not being comfortable with who we really are, right? We're yes. trying to, whether it's tell a story or give a, an image or an impression of something, 
you know, something other than who we are. And lying can be really dangerous because I think it it does lean into even, you know, the things we tell ourselves mm. to, you know, to try to make peace with, you know, who we really are or, or things we're not comfortable with or things we don't like about ourselves. I think we can even lie to ourselves. Yes. Um, you know, when about anything about anything that comes. I remember reading this book um, called The Emotionally Healthy Woman. And it was seven things we need to stop doing in order to become emotionally healthy. And one of them was lying. And I remember when we, when we got to the chapter, as I went through the seven different things, I was like, yeah, I probably have all of these things that I need to stop doing. But lying wasn't one of them because I'd never really thought of myself as a liar. But as I started to read it, I realized there's this whole other place where lying kind of comes into our lives, even around lying to ourselves, Mm. Um, not being honest about where we're really at on certain things, not wanting to acknowledge maybe spaces that we genuinely struggle or genuinely need more of God or need healing, or even ways we lie to ourselves, like promising ourselves that we're going to do something and then just not doing that thing. Mm. Like as women, I think we do that kind of thing all the time. Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start eating healthy next week. I'm going to start, you know, at the gym. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to, you know, get up early and do my devotions every day. And we tell ourselves and we make these commitments to ourselves and then we just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And what's that about too? Mm-hmm. No, that is an like the the emotion part, isn't it? We like all these topics we've talked about. When you actually strip it back, it goes so much deeper into the emotion of just the lack or the scarcity or just the fears and different things that you struggle with that manifest in different ways. And yeah, the lying to ourselves and look like I was just saying previously about the Enneagram three part of lying for me, and even it would be a lie I tell myself because they are linked. Okay, is that image of like, I'm not enough. So I have to either project more strength, project more success, project more of something that I feel like people need to see to validate that I'm enough. Right. So it's a very unhealthy cycle. So, you know, that's probably when I look at lying as a kid, that's what it was. I wanted to be seen and admired and to feel like I was validated for what I was doing that I wasn't doing, achieving or accomplishing that was not true. But it kind of was an indicator of an unhealthy lie. As a child, I started to tell myself that I'm not enough, that I have to tell these stories to inflate who I am because I'm actually at my core, not enough. And I'm defined by, and I was defined by the reaction of people. So obviously you're like, oh, then I get attention. Then that means I'm actually like more than I'm, what I I'm, believe. I'm finding worthiness right. through this. So that would be my lie would be, I'm not enough. Like I have to achieve more, do more. And there's a word that I actually can't stand. And I've done this my entire life is a word hustle. Hmm. You know, I've got it. I've been in the business world. I've been, in, and I've just, that word is, it's actually praise, like hustle it, hustle it. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 hustle yeah. yourself, hustle, whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually hustle. can't yep. stand that word because wow. that's actually what I've struggled with is hustling for worth, hustling for value, hustling for validation, affirmation. And that then becomes a fear of failure, a fear of not being enough. And what comes from it is exactly, you know, lying. And I remember going into our marriage, there was a, right when we were in our relationship, Jay and I, God started to address 
I mean, as he's continually doing, it's not gone. This is a process. God always goes to that place in my life of hustling for worth and that desire to be enough by what I do. And I remember early in our marriage, there was a few things that I started to just twist, like inflate, whatever. And I remember Holy Spirit put his finger on. And there was this one day I was shopping. This sounds so crazy, but I was in the grocery store and I bought turkey, Mm -hmm. just deli meat. Mm -hmm. And I went home and Jay asked me about this and whatever. I forget how the story even went, but I inflated something about the story, like ridiculous. Like it was so dumb. It was not even anything. And Holy Spirit put his finger on. He's like, you need to be accurate with that. You need to go back to Jay and talk about like exactly how that situation. Okay. This sounds so silly. I can't no, remember how no, it no, happened for sure. But I remember I sitting totally with Jay and yeah. having this conversation about Turkey deli right. meat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually like, this is so awkward. Like, I don't even know why I told you not exactly the price or yeah. how I even, I don't even remember, but I remember Holy spirit right away saying like, this will not define you will not allow this to continue in any part of your marriage. Like this has got to be, you've got to deal with this because you're in the littlest things. It was creeping in and it sounds so ridiculous because it wasn't the big things. It starts with those little foxes, those little things where you start to be like, Oh, that's not a big deal. But it actually was a big deal because there was a deep root of unhealth in my life that those little minimizations that the Holy Spirit was putting his fingers on. And it was more embarrassing actually Totally. To be like, like humiliating. To, yeah. I have to confess something about the turkey meat here. And Jay was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it actually wasn't this. It was this amount. Right. And I know was, I thought it was on sale and it wasn't. And right. Whatever. Right. And Jay was like, okay. Like, I'm like, I know this is ridiculous, but I have to be obedient to Holy Spirit. I don't know why. And it started just like that. And the more I just reacted to that, it was something I realized that God was showing me I'm minimizing these little uh, these things little things that are indicating a way bigger root in my life. And, uh, so that's kind of an, uh, that was an eye waking. I've, we've joked about that in our marriage about like the Turkey, the Turkey conversation, because it really was that honesty and that the little foxes of dealing with not minimizing those little things because it's an indicator of bigger things. Wow. Yeah. That's so good though. But that's so powerful. Even just that your, your response, your, uh, softness of your heart to be able to respond in that moment to something that actually like you could have justified your way out of like really it's just turkey and I won't do it again <laughs> okay lord like sorry no, I'm even giggling and then moved on right <laughs> yes. but no but like just your ability to recognize in that moment no this represents something bigger and I don't want this to be you know something in my life that that is going to grow like I want to nip this right now and just walk you know in openness with Jay you know, that's beautiful. That's really, yeah. really beautiful. Wow. And, and, and powerful. Habits. Exactly. That start little. Right. Right. That. And they always start with something that seems insignificant, right? And then they turn into something that we can't shake. And all of a sudden it's something that's, you know, our, our life is identified by. And we're like, oh, yeah. no. Wow. That's that's really, really incredible. For me, it comes in um, about things that I say to myself or ways that I lie to myself or ways that I convince myself that I'm not um, whatever. I'm, I'm not whatever I am. And I think too, the other part is the blind spots, like the mm. spots that I've actually convinced myself are not a problem, but really are a problem. And I've just convinced myself I've become blind to them. And those blind spots for me are kind of scary because I feel like actually I, I don't know what they are like genuinely my blind spots I'm 
blind to. I'm absolutely blind to. Like, you know, earlier this year, as God kind of convicted me of some insecurity that I had in my life. And as he did, I realized, oh my gosh, this has been a thread that has always been there. And I I just, whether I just chose not to see it, chose not to address it, I've literally been blind to it. And then it makes me think like, wow, what other things am I just completely, completely blind to that are actually holding me back or hurting me in my life or that I'm lying to myself about? One of the other ways that this kind of shows up in my life, and I don't exactly know the root of it, is that there are these moments, these little moments that I I feel like I'm not okay with whatever it is that I'm doing. So like, let's say I'm, um, you know, it, 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 it doesn't, the, what I'm doing isn't, it, it doesn't matter, but it's, it's like, I'm afraid that someone else is not going to validate or value mm. how I'm spending my time or what I'm doing. And part of it is because there is a driver. There's definitely a driver around like do more do better, hurry up. Like there's this driver that this constant drive in my heart, in my mind, that's constantly telling me to do more. So let's say if I sit down and I'm like, you know, Googling possibilities for a vacation in the future, like that's wasteful time. And if somebody walked into the room and looked over my shoulder, they might, they might, I don't know, judge me like I'm being wasteful of my time or something. Like, it's Mm. like, I'm not okay with my own ways of just resting and just, you know, time wasting, whatever, just uh, not working. It's like working is the only, you know, the only thing that's valuable. And, you know, whether I'm working at work or whether I'm working at home, like that's the only thing that's valuable. And that's the only way that I'll be accepted, you know, by, by the people in my life. It's not true. Nobody in my life (laughs) expects that or says that it's an inside thing. But it's a funny thing because I almost feel like I want to minimize what it is I'm doing. If someone said, oh, what did you, you know, what did you do this afternoon? It's like I want to minimize the joyful things or the activity or the rest. And I want to make it, you know, feel like I'm, I've been productive somehow, you know, on a day off or with free time or with, So it's a weird, I don't like that. I don't like that I feel like I need to do that. Or I just don't like that I'm not comfortable Mm -hmm. with what I want to do or what I, you know, how I'm spending my time or whatever, right? That there's actually this grid inside my mind of what's valuable, what's worthy, what's okay. And like, I know, I know, I know that there is a whole thread of unhealth in that. And I want to get okay with how I choose to spend my time. I want to be okay with that. I don't have to prove that to anybody. I don't have, and I don't have to care what anybody else thinks about how I spend my time. Um, you know, do you know what I mean? Laura, I think it's oh. so powerful because <laughs> our society yeah. and just in general celebrates the hustle, celebrates that we are just so busy, so productive and so it is it is something that is against the tide of what kind of we're driving to in our natures too but i i hear that i hear that it's funny like even if so it's like if i post something i'll be like oh you i saw you were on facebook i'll be like oh yeah i'm not on facebook very often 
why do I even have to say that? Why do I even do that? You right? know, like we almost have to say, yeah. yeah, I was watching a movie last night. Boy, I haven't watched a movie in a long time. Like, yeah, who cares? Yeah. But even that justifying yes. that, oh, I was relaxing. Oh, <laughs> like nobody has this expectation. No. And in my family either. They actually no. celebrate when they see you're like, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Go take a nap. Go relax. Jay's always like, would you just go relax? Like, yeah, the, he's the last one to be like, wow. Must be nice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> sitting all day eating bonbons <laughs> with your feet up. Like, exactly. No. Yeah. But it's funny internally, it's a lie. Intern- like it's not okay for me to do this. And then you can actually minimize that joy mm-hmm. and actually elevate yeah. how much time you did on something else on your time off. Like, and right. make it feel like, right. oh, like I was very busy. Right. It's funny how we do I that. Know. I know. It is a lie we tell ourselves. So I'm identifying yeah. with what you're saying there in blind spots. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. And the part I hate so much about it is I just hate that I feel like I can't be completely honest with the people around me because that somehow I'm going to receive some sort of judgment. But actually, the judgment isn't from them. The judgment is from myself. It's my own judgment of myself. It's actually not from anybody else. And I just, I, I hate that. I want to get, I want to be okay. I want to just be okay with you know, my choices and be okay with, you know, when I, when I do my best at something that that's enough, that that's good enough, that my best is enough. What I, what I'm bringing to the table is enough and that I can rest in that and that I can, you know, just truly be, be belong to God in it. You know, I don't have to be or prove or do more or so just laying that down continually um, is, is a big thing. And, and it's weird how that's connected with lying. It's not necessarily lying, uh, like outright lying, but there is, uh, this, this, um, temptation to be dishonest about the, the, you know, what I'm really doing or how I'm really spending my time. Um, so, and it's a funny thing because even as I say it, I feel like I'm, (laughs) Even as I say this out loud and put this out into the world, I literally feel like there's this this thought or maybe feeling that people may have, wow, she probably spends a lot of time resting. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Even as I'm saying it out loud, it's like I... You're struggling I, with saying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's like I want to take it back and be like, no, I pretty much just work all the time. <laughs> but that's not good either. And I don't want to be that person either. Isn't it? Like, it's true. Ah, oh my gosh. I know. It really is. Like, it's it's crazy how this cycle can bring you on. You're like, oh. Yeah. But minimizing lies. Lying is not just what we yeah, think a that straight oh, out, right, straight un, out un, lie. Yeah. It's minimizing. It's yeah. being just dishonest. Yep. It's elevating something above something else. That's right. That deals with like failure, fear, insecurities. Yep. That's what yep. it's actually bringing to the top. When we when yeah. we lie about something or minimize something, we need to mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. take a second to think, what? Why mm-hmm. am I doing that? Okay. Here's a really oh, hard no. question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's a really hard question. Okay. Is it a lie when someone says to you, how are you doing? And you say, great. (laughs) What, what, how, how does that play into honesty or how, how would you? You know what? I don't think it's a lie because the reason (laughs) I'll tell you. She's smiling right now. Yeah. It's from like, we've talked about this in the past that the first thing that comes out of me is good. Okay. Joy, like yes. Unless 
I think I'm learning. Okay. I'm learning to be a bit more like, I'm, I'm doing okay. Like I'm doing okay. Okay. So I'm doing okay means you're really not doing that good. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I'm learning to those that are close to me. Okay. Okay. I would probably be a bit more honest. Like, oh, today's a tough day. Okay. But to anyone, like people that I'm not as comfortable with, that would mm-hmm. probably be mm-hmm. an indicator. Oh mm-hmm. no. If I say you're, I'm doing okay, everyone's going to know now that I'm not <laughs> doing okay. Yikes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but I would say... The first thing that comes out, though, really, is we we don't like negative feelings. So I'm usually overriding, trying to suppress it and overriding something that's not I'm not doing well in or I'm not feeling OK. I'm looking about the positive. <clears throat> so that is sometimes the, the thing that comes out. I'm not natu- I'm not actually lying. I'm just not in touch. I'm trying to suppress okay. Okay. what I'm actually feeling with. Okay. I don't want to lean into it. I don't want to deal with it at that moment. Unless I feel ready to talk about it. Right. So I don't right. know if that's lying or not. It's just, I'm not really. Yeah. I mean, I do think, you know, again, there's, there's, how, how are you doing? Is it, it's, it's a more of a greeting than yeah. it is a genuine question. Yeah. I, I would say, ge- generally speaking, yeah. like, let's say, you know, you're, you know, going throughout your day, even with colleagues or you're, you know, at church on a Sunday and someone says, how you doing? Like, it's more, it's more of a greeting because most of the time you don't really have time to mm-hmm. you're passing honestly, yeah. you know, uh, unearth whatever it is that's going on in your life. But I, I do think that I do, and I do agree. It would be the same for me that there's this place of that I am much more connected to the place of gratitude and excitement and being with people brings out the greatest joy in my life. So so when I'm with people, like I'm with them in that moment. And that brings me so much joy that it does override the harder things that are going on in my life. Um, so it the I can answer the question from an honest place, but it's not the full story. There would probably be more of a story there if someone took the time or, you know, if there was the time to, to unpack that. Um, but I do think, to be honest, like I do think that a lot of times the answer to that question is probably a lie and probably an avoidance of even wanting to talk about what's really going on or, you know, how you're really feeling. Again, timing is huge, you know, and, and also the person is huge. It's not like you're gonna, you know, let out, you know, whatever the deepest, darkest things Mm -hmm. of your week or your, you know, what's going on in your life to just anybody. Mm -hmm. So, so timing and who is, is big, but yeah, there can be, I think a disconnect and also this impression Again, it goes back to probably the image space that you can give off. Not you, like us. No, not. <laughs> like it could I, be a blind spot for me. It's okay. No, no, all of us. But that we can give off, that, yeah, yeah. that people can give off like that. Wow, they must be good all the time. Like their life yes. is perfect. Yes. You know, everything is great. When really, like there's really, really difficult things happening often, how, all, how all often the time. How often have you heard that? The people say, oh, like... You're always, you look like you're always great or things must be, you know, yes. do you hear that? I do. Yeah. yeah. Do you? Yes, I do. <laughs> it's true. So even saying that people do get Feels that unrelated. We feel unrelatable actually yeah. when it comes to struggle or, you know, or that kind of thing. But the reality is there's lots of struggle yes. and there's lots of things that we're working through, dealing with. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be as connected to that part of my life daily 
but, um, but at the same time, yeah, there is a little bit, I think there is a little bit of, you know, uh, that, that dishonesty that plays into whether it is just denial or unwillingness to acknowledge it or whatever, but that's a hard, that's a tough one. It is a tough one. That is a tough one to navigate because you, because I want to be like, I want to be an authentic person. I want to be, be able to be honest about what's really going on with the, um, the wisdom to know when is the right time Mm -hmm. to lean into that, who are the right people Mm -hmm. to lean into that with and, uh, and uncover that. The other part of it though, and this is just the honest part is that, you know, I think when we are walking out our faith with God, there is this space of even in difficulty, we can still be good because Mm -hmm. we trust Mm -hmm. God in the difficulty So it's not that the difficulty has to completely take us out and bring us into a deep, dark depression or bring us into a place of, you know, where we can't function or don't want to go on. That even in a really, really difficult situation, we can trust that God is going to work on our behalf or is working on our behalf. So, so we can stand in that difficulty from an honest place and say, no, I'm blessed. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for what God is doing. I'm so thankful for what he's teaching me. I'm so thankful for this difficulty. You know, I mean, Paul said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of every kind, I do believe there's a space that we're supposed to get to where we can walk out those trials and difficulties in great joy. And so I do think that's also a part of it. And so, yeah. I know it is. And it's, it's, it's complex. It's one of those things. There's trusted authenticity too. Like there's different levels, like you said. And then sometimes like if you're just seeing someone in a passing greeting, you're not going to unload. And those that do that, obviously it's like they're, Mm -hmm. they're just at the Mm -hmm. end of the rope or at the tears or at the forefront or, they just, or maybe that person is the person, that, right? That's right. They just, they're like, this is the time. I just got to yeah. say this. But I think like there's different levels of authenticity too. Yeah. You, I, I really too, I believe from my heart too, that's a desire for me to be authentic. And I would hope that those are with those people that are with me or serve with me or that I have the, I'm in friendship with, would feel that I'm authentic. But to be honest, there's a lot of times when I'm in something because I'm not crazy connected to my emotion all the time I need time to process I don't actually even know how to articulate sometimes what I'm actually feeling because I just need time I just need time to kind of go through it okay and then when you're ready sometimes it's easier than to articulate this is what I've been going through right when I've kind of moved through it kind of brought it to God talked with those that I'm really able to flesh things out and we have a life group which is amazing right so it is beautiful we do have those spaces which I think I feel so deeply honored because I know a lot that are in leadership or in places of ministry or leadership in general don't have places to really flesh things out with friends to be able to say, this is what I'm facing, that I do have those spaces. You know, that's really important. But like yourself, I I feel like when I'm with people that is really in the middle of circumstances that brings joy. Like I love seeing people. And so it does, we can be in those circumstances serving we can operate in ministry and operate in a place to put others first, not because you're denying that or you're not wanting to be honest. It's because that legitimately is a place where you actually can be in the midst of a crisis or a situation. And uh, so every personality responds different too. Absolutely. And I think it's embracing that some are very emotional and it just can come out very easily. And some of us have a, a more difficult time letting that come out and we need more time to allow that emotion to rise to the top of our hearts 
And so that would be myself. It's like I almost need a pump. I picture that, you know, when things are, some people, it's just naturally floating on the top. I actually need a pump to bring some of those things to the top. And I'm aware of that. And that is one of my blind spots that I think I've been made aware of, that my emotion is a blind spot that I can operate not in touch with emotion. And so that would be, that would be a blind spot. And so I think as you go through things, you may not be, you know, it doesn't mean you're not authentic. Right. It just might be, you just need time or it's a blind spot that you need to be aware of and be very intentional right. to talk to someone about those feelings. But, um, yeah, being dishonest and lying can all manifest in all of those areas, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy, we've kind of gone on this. Yeah. Yeah. A bit like of we're a circle. A circle, but we're kind of right back to like, yeah, what that actually the root is, is yeah, yeah, fear yeah. and yeah. insecurity, failure, whatever it may be. Yeah. But I can see a difference if I look back on my life, like I can see a difference between, um, how shut down my emotions were and my unwillingness to process my true feelings, let's say throughout my teen years, my 20s, even going into my 30s. And I can see the work that I've done throughout my 30s of starting to uh, courageously get in touch. And for me, it's it's very courageous because that vulnerable space is not Mm -hmm. comfortable Mm -hmm. for me. It's so uncomfortable. So to get in touch with and start to tap into some of the true emotion and feeling that I, that I'm really experiencing. I I remember saying for so many years, oh, I forgive, like I forgive so easily. Like I don't hold a grudge ever. Well, that's because I never actually let myself ever really feel anything. Like, yeah, it's easy to forgive someone you don't let hurt you because you're Mm -hmm. so walled up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, as I started to kind of get in touch with those emotions, well, then I started to feel really, really deeply hurt. Like I actually felt the feelings of being, you know, betrayed or hurt or genuinely like just crushed in spirit. And, and I, I, obviously hated feeling those things, but I recognized that it was a lot more healthy for me to feel those things, for me to acknowledge those things, for me to let God heal those things. And then to be able to process that emotion, work through it and get to a place of authentically actually being good, not just being good because I was denying what was really going on, but being good because I actually had a revelation that God can heal the deepest, darkest, most broken spaces of our lives. And when you walk in that revelation, there is this place in faith of just being good. Like that space of it is well with my soul. I remember you sharing the story of that song, it is well with my soul and what happened to the writer of that story and all of the terrible, terrible things that went on in his life and that he could stand before God and say it as well with my soul. Was he lying? No. Like I believe that is a revelation that we have in Christ when we stand in Christ in the midst of our trial that it can all be well with our soul because there is a bigger God that is working things out, that is bringing healing, that is restoring, that is redeeming all the things that you know, the enemy means to destroy us and to take from us and to hurt us with. God actually wants to redeem and restore and renew and give us new life out of those things. And I think we can stand in a place and say, it is well with my soul. Like, how are you doing? I'm great. Like, because God's with me. God's with me. I'm not, I'm not in this alone. So I'm good. 
Like I'm good. And it, and it can come from a genuine place. That is so powerful, Lori. That, that is like the awakening moment today. Exactly that, that it can be well with your soul and you can be well in the midst of hardship. Yeah. And yeah. honestly say, mm-hmm. I am well. Yeah. Because of yeah. who God is in you. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Okay. The last question that I was thinking about in this whole topic are, is, um, are there areas where you ever make promises to yourself and you don't keep them? Like maybe you say like, like, I don't, okay. I don't know if you're like me at all, but I'm like this massive planner. So I love to make plans and then I write all my plans down. I literally love to like sit down, schedule out my most effective week and all the things I want to do. And then most of the time I don't actually do them. I don't actually do half of those things. I don't really know what that's about. Half of it is just the fun of planning (laughs) Planning. my ideal life, you know, but, but there is this space that I just, I want to understand more about about why is it that I'm like oh I want to do all these things I'm going to carve out an hour a day just for writing I'm going to go to the gym six days a week I'm going to and all of these ideals all of these things that I would love to do my dream life and every day I wake up and I'm like yeah I'm gonna today's the day (laughs) and then I don't like then life takes over and you know you have four extra meetings you didn't plan and then the kids need this and that in the evening and the whole day is God. And you're like, wow. All right. Well, tomorrow's a new day. You know? yep, yep. But what, what's that about? And does that manifest for you in your life? Like about things you promised yourself, but don't actually follow through. Yeah, it would. I mean, you're, you live an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you have that thirst for adventure and excitement. Uh, it would, and for me, it wouldn't come out in that way. It would come out not so much on, um, like the weekly, what do I need to do? Or even it would come out in major accomplishments for me Oh, that I've let myself down. And if it's oh. been dreams that I've kind of written down, I think like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I just don't put the effort. I don't really give a time frame to it. I don't know if that's healthy or not, but I kind of have realized like my plate is full and I want to do things really well. So I'm more, I want to do what I do really well. And I get overcome if I feel like I'm failing on the, my everyday stuff. Like I, that's where I start to really get worked up about. So it's achieving in different ways. But the big stuff, um, I've got some, like definitely some bigger dreams. And I feel like, why don't I put time into that? Like, mm. what is that? And I guess that's maybe part of the problem. Maybe I feel like it's kind of unachievable. Mm. So it's easier for me to not really think about it. Okay. Because if I put a date on it and I put more effort into it and I didn't achieve it, that's worse for me. than maybe denying it like just kind of not thinking too much out of the box and I think in the season I have I've been on seasons where I have overachieved and I think I'm in this opposite season where I'm like I'm almost a a tentative right right with putting bigger things out there I tend to minimize those things in my life because it has been it's driven me in not healthy ways right but that's not healthy either so maybe not putting those things out there makes me feel like if I don't achieve it I really haven't failed. Right. It's kind of weird. Even saying that out loud. I'm processing the question yeah, as you're asking yeah, yeah, yeah. me. No, but it makes, it does make sense. It, it does. does make sense. And I think though, if you're, tr- if you're, I think, I do think if you're trying to do something different than you've always done it before, then it does make sense to kind of backtrack and slow down Mm -hmm. and figure out how to do it from a different place, right? Like if you're, if you're trying not to do it from a place of achieving, 
it does make sense to slow down and to do it from a place of belonging. That's right. That's and that right. might look different and it may not have the same results initially, but I do think it will yield better results eventually. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, um, yeah. necessarily, if you're trying to rework. I feel like you're my therapist right now because <laughs> I'm actually thinking through that question. Oh I'm like, God. whoa. Yeah, I never yeah, really thought, yeah. like, boy, if you yeah. had asked me 10 years ago, pff, yeah. my, my week would have been about achievements, all these things I'm doing. And right. Hope like I, I probably didn't accomplish all of it, but I was on it. Right. And then it, I became very unhealthy. Right. And so I'm on the opposite swing. So I think like what you've just said is exactly, it's a different understanding that it can't come from a place of needing worth and validation from those things, but a place of like, Hey God, what are you asking of me to do? And I right. want to be obedient to that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe I'm overly spiritualizing the little things, but I'm, I'm sure I let myself down on a lot of things. Maybe once again, that's another blind spot. Mm. maybe I don't really think about that much about that. I I don't think I actually think about that very often. So thanks for bringing up a blind spot in my life, Laura. Thanks a lot. (laughs) I needed that. Actually, that's a good, that's that's a good thing for me to chew on today. It's interesting. I I heard Rachel Hollis say one time um, that, you know, when we make promises to ourselves, even small things like, um, yeah, I'm going to get up in the morning and, you know, run, run for 30 minutes or whatever. And we make these promises, even just in our own minds, even if they're not written down, but we tell ourselves these things. And if we don't do them, like if we lie to ourselves, then actually what we do is we break trust with ourselves so that then over time, we actually don't trust what we tell ourselves. <laughs> like it literally like we wouldn't, you know, and she says we wouldn't treat a friend like that. Like if a friend said, you know, hey, meet me for a coffee, um, we wouldn't just say, oh, sorry, I can't come at the last minute mm-hmm. or just not or just not show up for that friend but yet we treat ourselves that way mm-hmm. you know we just don't show up for ourselves in the ways that we're promising ourselves which then break trust which then the next time we make you know a promise or a plan we we don't actually think we're going to follow through so then we don't follow through mm-hmm. so she she just talks about that cycle and i i thought i thought that was very very interesting as i just thought about my own life and and kind of you know, the grandiose plans or these ideal plans that I constantly am, am making for my life and how I want my life to look. And, uh, and yeah, and, and I, I do think there's some truth to that. I do think there's some truth in, you know, promising ourselves, oh, we're going to do that. And I mean, we don't think of it to the, in the, to the extent of, oh, I promise. We just think of it as, you know, yeah, hey, I should do this. And then we don't, and then we don't trust that we're going to do it the next time and so on mm. and so on. And it, works negatively in our life. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I thought that was a really interesting, um, way to look at lying again and how we lie to ourselves and you know, how that, how that affects us. And I think it does. It I think does. it does affect us. Lots so, of layers. Yeah. Lots of layers. So yeah. So I was thinking, thinking through that and just how, you know, how that impacts my own life. I do think though, you said something a second ago, um, when you just said asking God, like, what is it that you have for me? Because, you know, I think, again, we can, based on, you know, everything we see, what we're inspired by, you know, what we imagine would be the best way to live or the best way to be, have all of these ideals of what we want to do. But is that what God is actually asking of us? Is that what he desires for us? Is that what he has mm-hmm. planned for us? Mm-hmm. And I think to daily, you know, take that time to say, God, like, what do you have for my day? Um, how do you, yes. how do you want to, how do you want me to spend this day? I mean, even to the minutia of, 
You know, do I go here? Do I go here? Sometimes I literally pray like, God, should I go to Superstore or Farm Boy today? Like I sometimes I pray that specifically about, you know, if I'm overwhelmed and I have a lot of decisions that I've had to make and I'm just feeling like, oh my gosh, like now I have to go get groceries. I don't even know what to get. I don't know what we're going to eat this week, whatever. Like just, and sometimes I actually just stop and I'm like, okay, God, like I, I need to do this. Do I do here? Do I do here? Where's the most effective way? How's the most effective way to get this done? And I feel like every time he, he just tells me, yes, yes. <laughs> he just, if we take the time to ask, I mean, literally down to the minute to minute of our day, he's so faithful to lead us you know, to absolutely, absolutely lead us in that moment. I think sometimes I just don't take as much time as I could to, to rest in that and to walk that out. But, but it's, you know, we've just been talking about, I think another talk would be great that we've, you've and I've been talking privately about, but stillness. And that's exactly when you're able to take those still moments early in your day. Like even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes and just center yourself on Christ and say, okay, my day is yours. I embrace the season of my life. And, you know, I look at, and maybe that's part of it too. When I I think of right now, I'm sure in the past I've lied to myself, but in not fulfilling promises in that way for things I've set up for me to do and not fulfilled. But I feel like in this season of my life, I'm recognizing I don't have a lot of, of uh, personal time outside of what I do in ministry and what I'm doing with my family that right now, my ministry is a lot of family and supporting the girls and Jay. And so taking those times in the moment to say, okay, God, help me to see the purpose and help me to see the greatness in the ordinary, the extraordinary in the ordinary, that my mind of what I think is extraordinary or what I need to accomplish, what I need to do, I may be missing exactly a moment or exactly something that I need to hone in on. And so I think those early in the morning, just even five minutes of just that, that quietness to just say, my day is yours. I'm mm-hmm. yours. Mm-hmm. Everything I have is yours. Mm-hmm. Help me to hear you, to see you, lead me today. And, uh, and just walking from that place of rest that God's got you. And uh, being sensitive, saying, like, speak to me, God, if I'm minimizing something, if I am operating out of a place of unhealth, God, where it's out of fear, not out of a place of belonging, but a place of hustling for value and not being rested in your love and in your truth. Help me to see it. Help me to feel it. Lead me, Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, that's actually how I start my day. Those five minutes. every morning, I just rest in that the five, ten minutes before I even pick up my phone get out of bed. I just rest in that place. And it's a, it's a prayer of surrender, you know, later in the day of my devotions, but this is that first initial, like God, give me the eyes to see the heart to feel the ears to hear. And that's what I need. And I think that comes right back because all the unhealth comes from not a place of being centered in Christ. And so we, once again, that big circle brings us right back to our identity has to be in who we are in Christ and that we belong in him and that we're fully loved. So good. That's so good. And the, and the Bible says that I am the way, the truth and the life. Jesus actually mm-hmm. is the way, the truth and the life. And it says that the truth will set you free. And so I think from all of this whole conversation about ways that we deny the truth in our life, like mm. the honest truth in our life, the bottom line is that every single time we choose to do that, every single time we're not okay with what is the truth of who we are, we actually stay in a place not free. We stay in a place of bondage. We stay in a place of being captive 
to that very thing. Whereas the truth, whatever that truth is, it's meant to set us free. And I think that's so true for us personally, even all of these things, even all of these things that we're afraid to uncover about our lives. It's in uncovering those things that we actually will find the freedom that we seek. And so that's beautiful and that's powerful. And like, I'm just going to receive that. Me too. A hundred percent in every single way that I've confessed today that I'm afraid, you know, to be completely, completely honest. I'm just going to receive the truth that the truth will set me free. Amen. I don't have to, I don't have to. We don't have to hustle. Hustle, lie, diminish. That's right. You know, give a different, like the truth will set us free. And so I want to walk. I want to live like that. And, uh, I, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. And so today we just want to remind you that there's more in you than you realize. And you are worthy of love. Have Have a a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Awakening Moments podcast today. Like or subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Lori Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. May you be awakened to the moments that matter the most.